It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And one of the things about uh, in studying the Word of God, you know, the thing that you have to get settled in your heart if you're going to study the Word of God as a good student of the Word is that um, uh, anything that you believe, you know, now let me back up just a second. Uh, um, I was just thinking about this as far as the way I think. The way that I think is that every single thing that I believe is 100% right. And, you know, of course, you all agree with that, right? Everything I believe is 100% right, right? Um, and so, so I'm never, ever wrong. Uh, but but the, this other side of that is anything that I find in the Word of God that conflicts with what I believe, I then change what I believe. Uh, and so we have to, because the only way you can have faith is to, is to actually believe that what you believe is so, amen? Because if, if you're not sure that what you believe is so, then that's not, you can't have faith, right? So you have to believe that what you what you believe is so, otherwise it's, there's no faith in that. So uh, the balance is that we need to always have a heart that, Lord, if I see something in the Word that, that is different than what I believe or is conflict with what I, in conflict with what I believe, then it, it should be easy for me to change, amen? And so sometimes, you know, it's, for some people it's really hard for them to change things, right? Uh, we were talking, we had a Bible study one time, and we were talking about the uh, Mark chapter 6, the story where Jesus was at his own hometown, and it says that he could there do no mighty works. He marveled at unbelief. He could there do no mighty works. And so it doesn't say that he wouldn't do mighty works. It said he couldn't do. He was, it was impossible for him to do mighty works there because of their unbelief. Uh, and that just that felt like he couldn't accept it. He, well, he could have. He just didn't want to. No, he wanted to. It was the exact opposite. He wanted to, but he couldn't because of their unbelief. So their unbelief had the ability to short-circuit God's power in that moment. <clears throat> and, and he just, no, I, can't, I just can't accept that. Well, it's, 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 it shouldn't be hard. You know, you look at that and, and, and well, that's different than what I thought. Then, then I'm going to change what I think, you know. And, and as you become a good uh, student of the Word, and as you really become a humble servant of the Lord, the, the more of a humble servant you are, the easier it is for the word to change what you think, amen. Um, if you're if if you already know everything, then when you read the word of God, that ain't so. Or you'll take it and you'll twist it and so hard, you know that it's under so much tension. You ever tried bend thing to get so much tension right and just, you know, uh, you don't want to get around it because it'll just spring back and you know, and, and uh, some people do that to the word of God. They'll bend it so much to conform to what they believe, you know that that it's it's just almost crazy talk, right? And so. But uh, the heart that we need to have is, Lord, uh, anything that uh, is different than what I believe, then, um, then I'm going to change what I believe. Amen. So, so that's why we're here uh, at Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So, you know, as you read the Word of God, you're almost always going to find things, you know, not every single time you read it, but on a regular basis, you should find things that are different than what you believe. Or maybe you didn't know about that before. Uh, and so... Uh, our response then should be not to be condemned, amen? Because a lot of times in the church, uh, the minister will condemn everybody to believe what, what the Word says. Well, you better believe it or you're a horrible person. And they'll condemn people, and, and I don't see any need to condemn people. I, you know, my, my, the way I see it is I present the Word of God. You can either accept it or not accept it, and, uh, but to condemn you to accept it, that, that, that's not really the right attitude that I should have, right? And it shouldn't be this, the attitude that you have that, Every time you read the Word of God that is in conflict with what you believe, you are condemned. Uh, and really, the only time that it's going to happen is if you just flat, I just, I refuse to accept it. And, and you know, the Holy Spirit is not in the, jo- in the business of condemning people. He's in, the convic- he's in the conviction business, which is to highlight in your heart, hey, there's a distinction from what you believe and what the Word says. That's not condemnation. That's just conviction, right? He's not condemning you as you're a horrible person, and so is your mama, right, for having you. And, and so... You know, and a lot of people will kind of imply that. Well, if you don't believe that, you're a terrible person. Well, you know, we, uh, we all get to grow up, amen? Do you know everything that there is to know right now? Are you going to learn anything tomorrow? Well, surely you'll learn something tomorrow, right? I know sometimes, you know, we get kind of uh, stick, sticks in the mud, and, and I ain't changing, you know, for nothing. Uh, and, well, how old are you? I'm seven, you know. It's like, well, you know, you're a little young to, you know. I, 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 anytime we see this with my kids, how old are you? They'll tell me, I said, well, you're too young to be in a rut. Uh, and, and, you know, it's okay to change, amen, and to try new things and to do new things, amen. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. It's okay when the Word of God says something that 
that uh, maybe you didn't believe or maybe is in conflict with one of your really strongly held beliefs, right? Sometimes we hold these beliefs that we don't know where they came from, but, but a lot of times they line up with our desires, right? They line up with what I want to do, right? Well, I don't think you have to go to church. Uh, and, uh, and so they forget that the Word of God says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together and what the definition of the church is, which is, means you gather together uh, in his, uh, uh, to worship the Lord. You know, I mean, there's a, you can go through a whole bunch of scriptures to talk about that. But some people just, I ain't changing. Well, fine, you know, don't change, you know. Uh, and, and just be a stick in the mud. But you can change now or you can change when you see the Lord, right? So when you see the Lord, you're gonna, we're all going to change, right? We're all going to go, wow, I, I'm embarrassed I even thought that before, right? So what I want to encourage, encourage you is, any, is, is when you read the Word of God, don't ever get under condemnation, amen? If it's in conflict with what you believe, what you think, don't be condemned, you know, uh, just change. Just, okay, Lord, then I'll accept it. Because the only way that you'll find the perfect blessings of the Lord is to follow His perfect Word as He reveals it to you, amen? Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, there's good stuff in the Word every, uh, every day. You know, every day I read it. There's just good stuff, you know. And in fact, I was doing some studying for some notes and just, you know, really struggling. And, and uh, you know, sometimes um, you get into certain areas. And, of course, we're, we're in the, uh, we're, we're in the um, Sermon on the Mount. And, you know, there's some areas in there. I look at them kind of like landmines, you know, where we talk about this. But, you know, how many people are going to be mad when we say this, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but, Lord, you know, there's a path to everything, right? And the Lord gives you, gives you uh, great wisdom and revelation that makes sense because, if we're not careful, we'll just kind of fall into the trap that uh, we use the Word of God to beat people up. You know, well, if you don't do this, you're a horrible person. Yeah, well, that's, that's condemnation. That's why Paul wrote. And, and if you look at the context, we, don't, we surely don't have time to go into the context of, of uh, Romans 8.1. But the reason why Romans 8.1 is there is because of Romans chapter 7. You know, Romans chapter 7, he said uh, a bunch of times, he says, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the, for the will is present with me, but how to perform that will, uh, that which is good, I find not. Uh, and so he says, for the good that I would, I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Anybody ever been there? The bad things, you keep doing the bad things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but, you, but you're not doing the good things you know you ought to be doing. And then he says, there's therefore now no condemnation. Amen. Uh, and so... Uh, there is conviction of those things. Hey, straighten up, you know, do right. Uh, but that was Paul, the great apostle. I'm not doing the things I ought to be doing. I am doing the things I ought not be doing. That was the great apostle Paul. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and I'm glad that Paul wrote Romans chapter 7 because if he hadn't, we would all thought Paul was perfect, never made any mistakes, never struggled with humanity that the rest of us live in this world, uh, see every day. Uh, no, he did struggle with things. Amen. But he was never condemned. Amen. When the Lord convicts you and says, hey, dummy, don't do that next time. Yes, sir. Uh, and straighten up. Amen. Uh, and that's really the relationship we should have with the Lord. He, you know, the Lord's not in heaven with a ball bat, two by four, waiting for us to mess up so he can walk upside the head. Uh, he, he's in heaven trying his very best to get us all the blessings that he can. Amen. And, and really, uh, some people in, on the earth focus only about sin, that the Lord's in heaven just trying to keep us from sinning all the time. He's in heaven trying to get us to advance the kingdom of heaven every time. Amen. Uh, on occasion, we have to deal with sin. But the primary goal of the Lord is for us to get as many people into heaven as we can. Amen. It's not always about, you know, how sorry the individual are. Of course, it never really is that. But, um, but a lot of folks like to focus on sin and focus on what we're doing wrong. Uh, and, and that gets really kind of self-centered after a while. All you think is about yourself. Amen. About how sorry you are and some people do they, they almost don't even like themselves amen they always just i'm just a terrible person will change if, if you really think you're a terrible person then change amen uh well i don't want to stay the way that i am well you don't seem to be very happy to stay the way you are you know it's funny how people won't want to hold on to things and not change but they're unhappy holding on to it now uh, in a lot of a lot of times it's resentment that the lord dares to be the lord amen uh, and i'll tell you this one thing will go uh, the uh, I was reading the Old Testament one time, and, and uh, it says, uh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. Uh, and um, I thought, that's a really odd thing, you know, because uh, that seems kind of un like an unjust God would do that, right? He hardens Pharaoh's heart, and he judges him from having a hard heart. That's kind of unfair. Uh, but most of the time when you read it, it says Pharaoh hardened his own heart. But once or twice it says the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. And, and so I was talking to the Lord about that. You know, what's that mean? Now, and he started showing me that, you know, the Lord showed up, right, at Pharaoh's doorstep through Moses, said, hey, I am. 
Uh, and, and, you know, before that time, Pharaoh thought he was God. You know, all the Pharaohs thought they were God. They were deity, right? Except they had to eat, you know, and drink and sleep and, you know, things that human beings do. But they thought they were God until a real God showed up. Uh, and, and they didn't like that. You know, Pharaoh did not like the fact that a real God showed up. And he got resentful toward the Lord and his heart got, his heart got hardened because the Lord showed up. Well, well, that's why it says the Lord hardened his heart because he showed up. You know, if he hadn't showed up, his heart would have never been hardened toward the Lord. But because just the Lord showing up and saying, I am, caused Pharaoh's heart to be hardened. So, you know, you could say, well, the Lord hardened his heart. Well, yeah, but, it, but he didn't go in and, and, and turn his heart to stone. He just appeared through Moses. Uh, and, and, and that caused resentment in Pharaoh's heart to rise up. And, you know, we're no different today. Sometimes the Lord will show up and say, hey, I, I need you to do this. And we'll get resentful to the Lord. Uh, and our hearts will get hardened to it just because he showed up and said, hey, I, I desire blessings for you. Here's how to obtain them. And, and we said, well, Lord, I want to obtain those same blessings, but I want to do it my way. You know, I want to do it and still do all the things that I do and think all the things that I think and act the way that I act. I still want all your blessings. And well, the Lord's like, well, that's not the deal I gave you. Here's the deal I gave you. And sometimes our hearts will get hard to the Lord because we want a special deal, right? Anybody want a special deal? We want like a Bible 2.0, right? Just unique for my own deal. And uh, but, you know, the Lord's not hard, uh, and he really, his word is not hard. I, I never read the word just condemned and beat up, and I, I just never do that. I always read the word with joy and gladness, and, and uh, even if I see things that, and I, and I tell the Lord, I'm going to change everything I believe based on that verse right there that you just showed me. Uh, and I don't get under condemnation about that, because in my heart, everything I think and believe is subject to change if the Lord gives me more information. Uh, there's nothing that I think and believe that's so ingrained that, you know, no matter what I see in a word, I will not change that. Uh, uh, that will, will, will cause difficulty because the Lord, because of who he is, that's what he'll focus on for the next 70 years of your life, right? Hey, let's go back to that one verse. You want to? Uh, and, well, I don't want to talk about that verse, Lord. Uh, and the Lord, well, let's talk about it, you know. And it just, he just, because he wants to get blessings into our life, amen? And so uh, is there any condemnation from the Lord? There's no condemnation. For, so should there be any condemnation from the pulpit? There shouldn't be any condemnation from the pulpit. Amen. Uh, and so, you know, Paul was kind towards that. And, and, he, and I'm glad that he uh, pulled the curtain back and saw, got to see a little bit of his life there in Romans chapter 7. Uh, but just know that there's never any condemnation. Amen. Will there be things that, that, that are in conflict with what you think or believe? Absolutely. Right. Uh, and the, the question is, what are you going to do about it? Right. Once you see that. What's your response? Amen. Uh, is your response, yes, sir, I'll change that, or I ain't changing for nothing? Uh, well, then, you know, then the Lord's hardened your heart, right? He didn't do it, of course, but uh, just because you, you, you came in conflict uh, or came into uh, 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 visibility with the word there that is different than what you think or believe, then um, sometimes uh, if, uh, if we're not willing to give it up, we'll hang on to the very bitter end, right? And so give it up. It's a lot easier to give it up because... There's joy and peace in, in obedience, amen. Uh, and so let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. Appreciate that he lives on the inside of us, and he leads us and guides us in all truth, Father. He empowers us, he strengthens us, he gives us revelation, insight, wisdom. He's our teacher and our comforter, Father. He's so many things for us, Lord. We thank you that God is living on the inside of us. Thank you, Father. Thank you that Almighty God lives on the inside of us each and every day. Father, there's no mountain, no valley, Father, that's not capable of withstanding your power and presence, Father. No obstacle, Father, is greater than you. No sickness and disease, Father, no worry or fret, no person or job, Father. No government. Father, there's nothing that can stand in the presence of Almighty God. Father, we carry your presence. Everywhere we go, Father, in every circumstance, in every situation, your presence is with us. And Father, it's the greatest gift that mankind has ever received from you, is to have your presence on the inside of us. We thank you for that, Father. Lord, we give you all praise and honor for Jesus' name. Amen. 
praise God. You know, there is nothing greater than the presence of God on the inside of us. And um, uh, we'll get to... Um, <clears throat> We'll get to Matthew chapter 5 here in just a minute. I wanted to read another scripture just, just on my heart during praise and worship there. It says here in Ephesians chapter 3, in verse 16, it says that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And, um, you know, this is one of the uh, two Ephesians prayers that I pray for myself on a regular basis. The other one is in uh, Chapter 1, verses 17 through 19. But this one says that, that uh, according or measured by the riches of his glory, that we can be strengthened with might. Supernat- that might there is the supernatural miracle work and power of God by his spirit in our inner man. Uh, and, you know, that's a, that's a place that we can get to in our lives where on the inside we are strengthened with all might uh, in our inner mans. So, you know, if you're strengthened with all might in your inner man, you can't be moved. Amen. Circumstances can't move you. You know, what what in the world, what exists in this natural world that is greater than the strength that comes from the presence of God? There's nothing right. There's no circumstance, no person, no job, no economy, no government, no, no sickness or disease, no thought, no past, no present, no future. There's nothing greater than than that. But we have to uh, believe this. Amen. We have to confess this over ourselves that, Lord, I am I am strengthened with might, with that word might there is the Greek word dunamis. It's the Greek word we know is supernatural miracle work and power of God. We are strengthened with the supernatural miracle work and power of God by his spirit in our inner man. Amen. And, and you know, that's what you want. Uh, you know, the worst thing in the world is to have a very pretty house with a terrible frame, right? Terrible framework. Uh, you know, uh, uh, first wind comes along, it's all going to fall over, right? Uh, but you can have an ugly house with a strong frame uh, and, and uh, strength on the, in the inner man. It won't matter. Nothing's going to change it. Amen. Uh, you know, the thing, the thing that uh, is nice about being strengthened with all might is before, during, and after. Whatever comes your way, you're exactly the same. You are unmoved. Amen. You are immovable. Uh, and, and, you know, the Lord wants us to live this way. So many times we live lives where our entire life is completely subject to the circumstances going on today. If things are good, man, I'm happy. If all the lights are green, life is wonderful. If one light turns red, my life is over, right? Uh, People driving in in the right speed, everything's great. You know, grandma in the slow slow lane, in the fast lane, right? If she's slow lane, it's fine. But if she's fast lane, you know, I can't handle it. You know, uh, we're moved. Aren't we moved? Uh, We're moved by every circumstance, every every situation, amen? Uh, Well, we ought not be. We don't have to be, amen? Uh, you know, to me, when I, as uh, growing up in the Lord, reading these verses, it gave me so much joy and hope because I, I could be the person that I always wanted to be. You know, I knew when I, when I got saved, you know, I, I don't know how many 15-year-olds think this, but, you know, when I was 15 years old, I thought, I'm, I don't like the person that I am. I want to be a better person, but I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to get from where I was to where I could be, but as I started reading the Word of God, I saw verses like this. Well, Lord, I could be strengthened with the Almighty in the inner man. Uh, and I, I can live a life where I'm not moved. You don't like me? Not moved. Uh, you love me? Still not moved, right? You think I'm the best person in the world? That's awesome, right? Not moved. You think I'm the worst pastor that's ever existed? Still not moved, amen? Exactly the same before, during, and after. And people think there's something wrong with you. Well, there is something wrong with me. It's called the Lord, amen? Uh, and, and I am just not going to be moved, amen? Man, you like me? That is awesome, right? Uh, you agree with me? That's great. You know, if you don't agree with me, the Lord will show you eventually how you're wrong. But, you know, uh, it's, it, it's, it doesn't matter. Amen. I'm not going to be moved. Amen. Amen. Yeah, and, and I mean, the world we live in today, so many cupcakes and snowflakes. I mean, the least little thing just, you know, they fall apart and they're crying and weeping over things that don't even affect them. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, this happened several years ago, but I may have told the story, but. This lady was you know, interviewing her about how she was just beyond, her, uh, beyond uh, herself about the circumstance that happened. She just couldn't believe it, almost in tears. And, you know, and, and well, what happened? Well, you know, uh, the, the, this, uh, uh, this hearse that was carrying a serviceman that had died uh, went through the drive through window at, at, uh, at, at the donut shop with the hearse, with the guy in the back. Well, you know, okay. I mean, maybe not his brightest move, right? I mean, you know, 
probably uh, could have chose to do something else. I mean, maybe the red light was on. I don't know. I think it was at a Dunkin' Donuts, so they didn't have red lights, you know. But, but uh, you know, I mean, the red light goes on at, at Krispy Kreme. You got to stop, right? It's the law. But, but maybe the red light came on, you know. And so, but she didn't know this guy. She, she wasn't even in the service. Uh, but she was so offended because this almost in tears beside herself. She wasn't like it was her brother or dad or, you know, uncle or anything. She didn't know the guy. But she was so offended. And, and uh, a pastor friend of mine said, uh, he had a phrase for that. He said, that's, that's uh, borrowed offense. Well, that's a good phrase, borrowed offense, you know. It's not even your offense, but it's somebody else. Maybe somebody else would, would be justified, not really, but they could be justified, you know, in the world to be offended by that. But I'm going to borrow their offense from me, you know, just say how offended I am that, that you dare, you know, believe these things or you dare do these things. And, you know, and, um, you know if, if much of the corporate world knew what I thought, what I, thought I mean, they, they would just, just uh, destroy, you know, destroy someone like me. You know, it's got to think God is good, you know, and, and sin is bad and, you know, right is right and wrong is wrong. And how dare you? You know, the insanity we live in today that, uh, you know, there's a prophecy in the Old Testament that says that, you know, they're going to say right is wrong and wrong is right, you know. Uh, and when we get there, things are bad. Well, I think we're kind of there. I mean, you, you know, the insanity of things like all the transgender movements, you know, let's take this four-year-old and transi- tran- uh, transition him to a different uh, gender. That's insane. I mean, that's just like beyond insane. Like people that even think that should be put somewhere safe where they can't harm anybody else in society. Now they parade it on television like, like it's a normal thing. And, and, you know, it's just, and I'm not mad at anybody, but people like that don't need to be around society. They sure don't want to be around my kids, right? Uh, they don't want them anywhere near my kids. Uh, it, but uh, now they're in your schools and, and trying to convince your children. I mean, when you're four years old, you think you're a dog or cat or, 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 or a, you know, anything. I'm a squirrel. You know, uh, okay, let's transition to a squirrel. Let's sew its the tail on them, you know, and give them little hands. And I mean, you know, you're going to transition to a squirrel because they think they're a squirrel? No, you're not going to do that because it's insane, right? But they say that, uh, you know, uh, I'm a boy or a girl when they're the opposite thing. Oh, that's all right, honey. It's not all right, you know. You don't give your keys to your car to your four-year-old and say, well, honey, you just be safe, you know. Uh, hope it works out for you. Uh, know that they have to be trained. And, and I mean, just the insanity of things like that, you know. But, you know, the, this it's the progression. I mean, you wait and see. It, you think this is bad. It, it's going to get worse, right? I mean, it, it's, it's really going to get worse. Uh, and, and so, <clears throat> because sin gets bad, you know, and, and left to their own devices, men are insane, right? We will come up with the most insane sin, the most insane thought process. It's just it's amazing, right? Uh, you know, your head just spins about, are you, you know, used to be people like that, you know, they were in the dark corners of society and they may believe those things, but, you know, they couldn't, they weren't allowed to come out, you know, in the daylight where all of us normal people were. Now they, they, they approve of it, right? They accept it. And they got churches with, with drag queens coming and doing service for the children in churches. It, it's just crazy. It's crazy talk, right? Uh, and so, oh, that's just wonderful. It's not wonderful. You know how many devils are involved in stuff like that? There are so many devils involved in stuff like that. You know how many devils it takes to convince a, a, a male person that they are suddenly a female person? You know how many devils and lies they have to hear before they actually accept that? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing, right? And they yield to these devils, and it's, you know, we should have compassion for them because they're doing that, and, and they're going to destroy their life and, and wake up one day, wow, and regret everything. And now, now, you know, the only people that can recover them is the church. But um, uh, so many devils, amen? So many people yielding to devils, demonic spirits, amen? Uh, and uh, if you don't think those are demonic spirits involved in that, you know, then, then maybe we need to go back and read the Word some more. But um, it, it's, uh, it is. It's just amazing, right? And, of course, uh, you know, we won't stand for any, any of that around here just as far as, you know, people trying to, you know, uh, convince the church that, well, you know, you need to be accepting of that. No, we never accept sin. We never accept it, you know. And we're not going to shoot you, uh, you know, if you do that. Now, if you come and try to transition our children, yeah, we might have a conversation about that, you know. And and, um, um, it may not be a pleasant conversation, but uh, uh, we're not going to stand for any of that kind of stuff around here, right? And so um, just about accepting the sin, amen. And now we'll deal with sin and we'll have compassion on the sinners and, and try to help them. But if someone wants to come in and parade that, you know, uh, and tell us that we should accept it, uh, that's crazy talk, right? You know, there's pressure that churches should, should uh, be uh, lawfully required to, uh, to host same-sex marriages, you know. 
Uh, and the whole Methodist church is splitting now because of stuff like that. Uh, you know, the United Methodist Church is splitting because they're no longer united in what they believe, right? Uh, they, they, uh, there's a whole group of them that want to approve uh, same-sex marriage and approve, uh, you know, lesbian and gay people in the pulpit. Yeah, and, um, you know, I, I don't have any problem personally about, you know, there being uh, people with sin in their life coming to church, right? Even lesbians and gay people at all coming to church, so if they're, unless they're trying to proselytize, well, we don't have that. But, you know, they need to hear the word, don't they? Uh, but you can't put them in the pulpit. You, it's just, that's insanity, right? Uh, and so, it, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, we, live in, we live in interesting times, amen? Uh, you know, uh, there, there was a minister that uh, we went, saw one time, and she said, I thought what she said was really interesting. Uh, she said, you know, sometimes the church gets overwhelmed because of the world we live in right now and all the sin, the insanity going on. But the Lord knew that uh, the time that he wanted to place you in history, and he wanted to place you in this time right now because you are able, well able, with the grace upon your life to deal with the sin in the world today. So don't, be, don't feel like you have to be overwhelmed by all the sin. The Lord knew what he was doing when he put you in this time of history, Amen. He needs us to be uh, people who are strengthened with all might in our inner man against this onslaught of sin because the, the, the drive and the, the, the pressure is to get the church to change and to be accepting and to approve of it, not only, not only to, uh, to not say anything about it, but to approve it, embrace it, and promote it, amen? Uh, and, of course, you know, you, you can't do that. It's crazy talk, but, uh, but they, sure, they sure want you to do those things, amen? The world loves... For the church to uh, look just like them, Amen. Uh, and so, so we are here in, in our be- in the Beatitudes, uh, and uh, we got down to uh, um, the one section here talking about adultery, and, and uh, isn't just a wonderful topic, but Jesus covered it, right? So I think it's helpful for us to, to talk about it. Uh, but He said in verse twenty-seven, "You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery." So He's mentioning one of the Ten Commandments, right? One of the Ten, ten Commandments is don't. Don't uh, commit adultery. You think about all the sins that, that Jesus, uh, that the world has come up with, that Jesus has, has talked about. Uh, but there's only 10 that are discussed really in the Ten Commandments. And, even, and, and all of them aren't even talking about sin, right? You shall have no other gods before you and uh, keep, the, keep the Sabbath for it's holy. You know, there's no, no sin talking about in that verse. Uh, so all the Ten Commandments aren't discussing sin in particular. But this one is, it's the Seventh Commandment. Thou shalt not you know, commit adultery. But he elevated this really high because, uh, you know, one of the things that's really important to the Lord is covenant, right? The Lord is a covenant God. If you go through the Old Testament, he's got seven covenant names. And they all, they all, have, uh, they all are, are start with the, with the Hebrew name of God called Jehovah. And so he said, of course, we know in Exodus 15, 26, one of the, uh, the uh, uh, covenant names of God is Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord that heals. Uh, and so he's a covenant God. So he wanted to have a relationship with the Lord, with, with the people, right? Uh, and he had a relationship with Adam because he created him. And Adam sinned and, and, and committed rebellion against the Lord. And so there was a, there was a conflict between man and God for centuries. Uh, and and they finally he found an Abraham. And I believe, you know, I can't prove it from the word, but I just know who the Lord is, that I believe in every generation he went to somebody on the earth and said, hey, will you have a covenant with me? I want to have a covenant with mankind again like I had with Adam. And, and he, went to, he went to guy number one. Hey, will you have a covenant? No, nah, Lord, that sounds like a lot of work. You know, guy number two. Hey, you'd have a covenant? No, Lord, I just got married. Hey, guy number three. Hey, will you have a covenant? Lord, I just bought some land and, you know, I got to go plow the North 40 and I'm kind of busy, you know, and maybe, maybe tomorrow, you know. And finally, you got to Abraham. Abraham, will you have a covenant with me? Abraham's like, sure. What's the deal? Or said, I'll bless everything that you do. All you could do is say yes. That's it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a good deal to me, right? And if you go back in Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 17, you can read about the covenant the Lord made with Abraham. And basically, the only requirement on Abraham's side is to say yes. Uh, and the sign or the token of the covenant was circumcision, but that wasn't, the, that wasn't what the, the covenant was. That was just a sign that, you know, like you sign on the dotted line. Okay, we have uh, uh, evidence that a covenant was made. An agreement was made between God and man. Uh, and, and so the Lord is very keen on covenants, and that's why he put uh, adultery in the Ten Commandments, because it's a, it's a breach of covenant between two people. And so, you know, two people can have covenant. It's called marriage, right? And, and, 
it's a big deal. The Lord makes it a big deal. And he, he made it such a big deal that he put the breaking of that vow, of that covenant in the Ten Commandments. You know, if you go through the whole book of the law, which is the first five books of the Old Testament from Genesis to Deuteronomy, that's called the law. And there's hundreds of laws, right? Hundreds of laws and rules and regulations about everything, right? I mean, if you, if you kill your neighbor's ox, but you didn't mean to, well, then you just got to give it back. But if you did mean to, well, then, you know, you got to go to jail. You got to, you know, do, do this or that, right? And there's all kinds of rules and regulations for everything. I mean, you look, it's like, wow, that's really detailed, specific, you know, rules and regulations. But only 10 of them he elevated to the Ten Commandments, and one of them was breaking of covenant. Uh, and so, and that's, what the, the, that's why he said, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery uh, is one of them. But see, as we are, as human beings, we love the law, right? Show me the law, I'm going to find, find the edge of that law. I'm going to live right on the edge. And that's what people would do, right? So uh, they, they, they would do everything in the world, you know, have Facebook uh, uh, affairs with people and, and, and you know, uh, do a, a little bit of stuff on the side with, with the brick in their marriage vows, but not all the way up to adultery, right? So, uh, you know, adultery... Uh, in the context here is committing typically some sexual infraction, some physical infraction against your spouse, right, to, to, with another person. Uh, and so, uh, so as we want to do, we find an edge. Well, I just held their hand. You know, were they your spouse? No. But, you know, we just held hands. It's not really, the, it's a big thing, right? Uh, well, you know, we just kissed, you know, just on the cheek. It, it was okay, right? We, sh- we, we shook hands. Uh, and so we'll find that edge, won't we, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, or, or we'll look at somebody, right? Of course, Jesus in the context here is talking about looking at people. Uh, and, uh, and he says, but I say unto you in verse 28, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So now this, this is the, uh, in this particular part, we talked about how Jesus is transitioning, trying to transition the people of God into it's not just the, the natural things you do. It's what's going on on the inside of you that matters. And that's why Ephesians chapter 3, that we can be strengthened with all my inner, inner man, which is where your heart is, uh, that's why he's starting to transition that. Because when he gets to the cross, now we can have the Spirit of God in our inner man. And, and that's really important. It's important what's going on in, on the inside of you. And so a lot of times uh, by, by our society and our tradition, we're trained to, we need to look like a Christian, right? As long as I look like a Christian, right? I look like a Christian. I got a suit on, right? I got a tie on. Uh, you know, I, I took a bath, you know, at least in the last week or so. Uh, and so I look like a Christian, right? And that's what Matt, that's the most important thing, look like a Christian. Well, that's not the most important thing, right? Being a Christian is more important than looking like a Christian, amen? And so, uh, but to be a Christian, it's really important what goes on on the inside of you, right? What goes on in your heart, your thoughts, your intents, your desires. Now, you know, just having a thought waft through your, your mind is not necessarily a problem. It's when you take action on that thought, right? See, this noticing that, that in this case, uh, he's talking about looking at a woman. Well, noticing that a woman is attractive is not, is not a problem. It's a problem when you, when you say, wow, she's attractive. I wonder what she's doing on Thursday. You know, I bet I could, you know, my wife's out of town on Thursday. You know, I bet we can go to, you know, you know that's a problem, right? It's only a problem when, when that thought, and you, you take hold of that thought, and, and you, you start running with that thought, right? That's the issue. The issue is what you decide to do in your own heart, amen? And that's what he's trying to tr- transit. Now, they don't understand this because they're not saved. They're not born again yet. So they're looking at him like, what are you talking about? And, and he's like, well, we're going to plant this seed. You know, you'll figure it out once you get saved. Once you get saved, you'll understand that this is really important, amen? Uh, and so, you know, for the, for the Christian life, what I have found in my, own, in my own personal life is most important area that you can work on in your life is what's going on in your heart. Not what you look like, not what nice suit you buy or clothes you wear, yeah, you know, uh, and you know, a lot of people are really trained to look like a Christian, sound like a Christian, talk like a Christian, but that's all exterior things. It's it's way more important to to be a Christian on the inside, to deal with with the thoughts that you normally have every day, to deal with your own attitudes that you have every day, to make sure there's a strength with the might in the inner man every day, as opposed to, well, I need to look like a Christian, right? I need to go make sure that that, uh, you know, I'm the first one to church, I'm the last one to leave, you know, because that's important to look like a Christian, amen? Anything wrong with being the first one to church, last one to leave? No, nothing wrong with, with that at all, right? But that shouldn't be our first goal. Our first goal is to be a Christian, because if you are correct on the inside, everything else on the outside is fine, amen? The problem is we'll, we fix everything on the outside, and then, then we're under so much pressure to maintain that appearance, right? Maintain, oh, I'm always happy. 
on the inside they're just terribly unhappy. Well, you know, you can be happy on the inside. And it'll show on the outside. Amen? Some people are happy on the outside. You can tell, you know. They're not really happy because you just go, you know, they're all smiles and go, hey, how's it going? Well, you, you know, who asked? Well, five <laughs> seconds ago, you know, you were happy, right? But, yeah. but, you know, you do something that crosses them and, man, you're on the list, right? I mean, uh, and I know lots of people, they got lists. Lots of people got lists, right? And I'm on a lot of people's lists for some reason. I don't know why, you know, I'm t- I, try, I try never get on anybody's list, but I get on lots of people's lists, you know? Uh, and, and so... I don't know, it's just a, a thing, right? Chris, me and Chris are like, we don't know, I don't understand it, right? It's just, because I'm really a nice guy, but, you know, I do get on people's lists a lot of times. Well, why do they have a list? Because they're not dealing with things on the inside, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so there's just a couple things, you know, we're not going to go through all these things, but, but the issue here, he said, has committed adultery with her already in his heart, right? Uh, and that's really the issue, amen? Uh, and so let's turn over to, to uh, Matthew 15, so I just want to spend a little time talking about this because if Jesus is transitioning from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Old Testament is, what's the law? What's the legalistic thing that you did? Uh, and, and, and if we can't prove uh, that you did something physically in the natural realm, then you're, then you're off the hook. Well, the Lord's like, well, no, but I see your heart. Uh, and, and, so, and so that's what he, he spends a lot of time talking to the people here in Matthew chapter 15. Let, let's start in... Um, uh, well, uh, in, let's start in verse 15. It's then, then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And so there's some traditions that, you know, the parable is talking about earlier there. Uh, and so we won't go through the parable. We'll just go through the explanation of the parable. And Jesus said unto him, Are you also yet without understanding? Jesus was always so nice to his disciples, right? Yeah, and just, uh, what, what's wrong with you? Isn't that what he's saying, right? What's wrong with you? Uh, and, uh, how many people would get offended right here and just leave you know, he just, he said, uh, he, he said, are you, he, he said, you don't have any understanding. He said, I don't have any understanding. Can you believe he said that to me? It'd be on the five o'clock news, you know, probably on Facebook, right? Don't you hate it when preachers, they don't ever come out and say who it was. Don't you hate it when preachers, you know, look at you and say, you don't have any understanding. And they'll, they'll say it in, you know, kind of generic sounding words, but they're pointing their finger at somebody, right? Uh, are you also yet without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth cometh forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So, you know, the Old Testament people, you gotta, before you eat, you've got to go wash your hands. And if you, don't, if you don't wash your hands, see, see that w- that's a, uh, in the Old Testament, that was a law, right? Got to wash your hands before you eat. But it was there because that's good hygiene, right? You know, if you just go and, and you just, you know, plow the North 40 and, and turn, off all the, turn over all the, uh, the horse manure and cow manure or whatever, uh, and you turn it all over, it, well, now you got it on your hands and you go eat a cheeseburger. Well, now you're eating what you just plowed, right? And so probably not the best thing to do and, and a, a wise thing to do would be wash your hands before you eat right uh, and so you know i know some people do they, they, they're ocd about it you know but i just don't like to have my hands grubby right you ever feel like grubby hands and you, uh, you got to go wash them before you eat uh, and, and so but see they had elevated that though in the old testament to being a spiritual thing if you don't wash your hands you are an unclean person and they meant unclean from a spiritual standpoint so they elevate things that should have just stayed at the natural to think to now this is the most important thing you can do how dare you eat with unclean with unwashed hands and it should have just stayed at the natural level right it should have never been elevated to where it was and 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 so jesus is saying look it's more important what comes out of your heart that's what defiles you right uh and so deal with your heart deal with what you think deal with what you believe deal with what you say right people say i don't mean to say that eh, it's really not always true right i mean you know uh you're you're uh, don't like the ramifications of what you just said, but the reason why you said it was it was in your heart, amen. Uh, and and so you know I, I was uh, uh, with a fellow one time. He was doing some construction at his house, and and he uh, and he was an evangelist, right? He said, I'm an evangelist. Travel all the way. I'm an evangelist, right? It's fine, you know. Great, you're an evangelist, right? But he smashed his thumb with a with a hammer while I was there, and then it was you know blankety blank 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 hammer, right? Well, you know, sometimes you just can't help it, right? <laughs> and, 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 well, wh- well why'd that come out of him? Because it was in him, right? 
and so that's the issue, right? It's not the issue that... Now, see, what, what, we, do, what we do to fix that oftentimes, and it's 100% wrong, what we do to fix it is we bite a nail. But the problem with biting a nail and training yourself to be a good Christian and bite the nail is it's still there. That's in you, right? You know, how many times have I smashed my thumb over the years we've been married? I mean, not many, but a few. But the, you ever heard me cuss? You know why I've never cussed when I've smashed my finger or stubbed my toe or anything? It's just not in me. You know, I took that. It's, the Bible says put off the old man. It didn't say hang on to him in case you need him, right? It says put him off. He's not in there. If he's not in there, then it will come out of you. Amen? Now, and so, so Jesus, he, he's transitioning people into the new covenant. This is the new way he wants us to live, where what's on the inside of you is really more important because he said that's what defiles you is what comes out from the inside of you. So what's your thoughts? What do you believe, right? Well, you know, I believe in that. Well, fine, right? But does it line up with the Word of God? Amen? And the easiest way to change is, is to compare everything you believe always to the Word of God. Everything you think always to the Word of God. You know, I was just thinking about that again. It just, it just really bothered me that, that, that a friend of mine, he's a banker, and, uh, and I consider him a friend, right? He said, pastors shouldn't make too much money. You know, I'm thinking, it's just, you know, and, and I'm just thinking, but you don't have a problem with you making too much money, you know, but you don't want the pastor to make too much money. And what's the, what's the number anyway? Is there a number? I don't know what the number is. Do you know a number? Is there any book, chapter, and verse for a number? And I'm thinking, but, you know, my desire as a pastor is for you all to be blessed uh, abundantly beyond all that you can ask or think. Well, what's wrong with you all thinking that about me? I mean, can't we both have that same thoughts for each other, right? Yeah. My desire is for you all to double, triple in uh, order of magnitude increase in your prosperity all the time, every day. No, no limit, amen? Never a limit. But the, um, so why would you want to put a limit on the path? It just, you know, it just, but see, that's on the inside of him, right? He just thinks, you know, you, it just, it's just wrong. He said it's wrong because it's a calling. I'm like, what's that mean? It's a calling. Everything's a calling, right? I mean, you're doing what you're doing because that's what you're called to do in this life. If you're, if you're, if you're slinging a hammer, that's your calling, at least at this time and season, so that you can earn an income to, to feed your family and to give to the Lord as necessary. Isn't that your calling? I mean, you know, it's not a, it's not a calling in the pulpit, but all of it, everything we do, we're called to do, right? If God's given us special talents and abilities to do these things, that's what you're called to do. So what's, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, that's a calling, so should I limit uh, your, your increase? But see, uh, it's just, see, that's in his heart. You know, he, that's what he thinks. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. There's no Bible that says there's a limit there, but, but see, he's unwilling to take what he believes and reflect it against the Word of God and say, well, the, 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 there's nothing in there, right? Uh, and and so, let's, so let's go back up to, uh, to chapter 12. Same book there, Matthew chapter 12. <clears throat> And, and so, Jesus is saying here, um, in verse 34, O generation of vipers, there he goes again, just making, uh, being really nice to everybody in the world, right? Uh, being so kind and, 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 and compassionate to everybody. O generation of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil things of his treasure, uh, out of evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Uh, so, that, I mean, you could just meddle right there for a long time right there, right? Every idle word. Uh, but Jesus is saying here that, you know, you can bring good things or you can bring evil things out of your heart. Out of your heart, right? Uh, and, uh, of course, James, we won't go over that, but James chapter 3 talks about how, you know, there's sweet water and bitter water coming out of, out of, out of the same pool. He said these things ought not be so. But they are so sometimes, right? Why do you say they ought not be so? Because they are so, right? Sometimes the most wonderful Christian in the world could spew the most evil things out of their heart. But, you know, 99% of the time, the other times, they're, they're just the most wonderful person, right? Uh, and so Jesus is really dealing with the heart. What's the condition of your heart? What do you think on the inside of you? What do you believe? You know, what's your philosophy? And, and you know, the thing that I've found that's unfortunate is a lot of people hide, right? They, they hide who they are. They, they, they don't want to really be who they are around everybody because everybody's like, well, that's wrong. And they don't want anybody to judge it, so they'll hide. They'll, so they'll, they'll act one way but be a different way on the inside of them. You know, the thing I found that it's very free is just be who you are. I'm going to be the person I am, and I'm going to see, let you see the person that I am. Now, if you don't like it, you know, that's not really my problem, but I don't have an attitude about it. Like, I don't try to intentionally offend people because some people are just offensive, right? They're just nasty people, and, well, that's just who I am. Well, you're wrong. 
You know, I mean, that's fine. That's who you are. At least it's honest. But you need to change and become a good person. Amen. Uh, and then live, live that good life in front of everybody and let them see that. Amen. And that's a, that's a, uh, it's a whole lot less work than to be one way on the inside and to be a different way on the outside, right? Well, I don't want people to see who I am. They don't like it, you know. Well, then don't be that person, right? Just You can choose. Can't you choose? You can choose any day to, to be the person that you are or not the person you are. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, so let's, then, let's go back then to, to Matthew chapter 5. So it's kind of a, so all, all of us is going back towards adultery, right? Into, into just uh, breaking a, a vow, right? That's why he elevated this to a Ten Commandment, because it's a breaking of a vow, a breaking of a covenant agreement that two people had on the earth. Uh, and when we get in the next section, he talks a little bit more about that. Uh, and, he, and he said, you know, just being legalistic and saying, well, I didn't go through the action is not sufficient. Because you, you still have to deal with what's on the inside of you. Because every, uh, I can guarantee you, every, every physical act of adultery started with a thought of adultery. Amen? Nobody accidentally committed adultery. Well, I don't know what happened. Well, sure, you know what happened, right? Uh, you know, there, there was one time years ago, uh, I went to, you know, I've known this, this family for a long time. Uh, we were good friends, right? Uh, 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 me and Chris were good friends with their family. Well, I needed a mower one day for some reason. I, he just pushed more. I think mom was in a shop or something. And so he said, well, yeah, come by and get it. And I came by and got it. Well, he wasn't there, but his wife was there. And we'd known each other for years, right? Uh, and, uh, and she came out. And when she came out, all the bells and whistles went off on the inside of me, right? Alarm bells and red lights, and, you know, whistles and everything going on, you know, and it was like run. <clears throat> and and you no, know, I never had that happen before. Didn't have it ever happen afterwards, right? And, and, you know, generally speaking, I don't go to, you know, another female's house, right, uh, uh, when there's no one else there. That's not wise anyway, right? Uh, but I thought he was there, you know, and, and, uh, and her daughter was there, and, and so, you know, it wasn't even a big deal. <clears throat> no, it shouldn't have been a big deal, and I, don't, I wouldn't have gone inside her house anyway, either, either way, uh, but I'm just picking up the mower, right? And so... Uh, I did get the mower, but I just, I, you know, I ran. I mean, it's like uh, I didn't do any, any, any chit-chatting or anything. Now, what was going on? I don't know. I don't have to know. You know, was she planning on something? Was she thinking, hey, you know, he's come over here by himself, you know, and, you know, uh, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm not going to accuse her of anything. I just know what the Spirit of God did on the inside of me. Run. So I got the mower, and then I ran, right? And so I didn't linger. I just ran, and, you know, and... And see, that's safe, right? The Lord will always do that. Any, any situation like that. Now, it's, you know, not, not very often I have to go through that, but my wife goes through that all the time, being a female. Uh, I mean, people hit on her all the time. Uh, it, and it's just, it's, well, I mean, I understand, I understand why they do, but, you know, leave her alone. She's married. She's got a ring on her finger, right? And so, but see, uh, adultery always starts in the heart first, long before it ever, ever occurs in the natural realm. And that's the issue. The issue is we, don't, we should deal with it first, right? We should deal with, well, Lord, why am I dwelling on that person? Why am I thinking about that person instead of my wife? Why am I thinking, because he's talking about the, the men here in particular, right? That, could it happen with women? Sure, it could happen with women too. Women cheat just like men cheat, right? Uh, but uh, it's not uncommon for men to be the, the cheaters uh, here in this, in this situation. Uh, but the issue is they allowed it to happen in their heart first. Deal with what your heart, what's in your heart first. You'll always be fine. Always deal with your heart. You'll always be fine. Amen. If you go, well, you know, I haven't, I haven't done anything yet. Well, that's fine, but you haven't. But the pressure to do it will get so great that you will yield to that pressure. Amen. If you don't deal with those thoughts in your heart, that pressure to do it will be so great that you'll just do it. Right. That thought over and over again. Well, you know, she doesn't take care of me. Well, you know, whatever, whatever, you know. And so it, it's, it turns into a big deal. Amen. And, and, and really, and that's true just in general, that there is no sin that occurs in the natural realm without first there being a thought. Amen. There's always a thought. For any sin, there's always a thought that's going to occur first. And if you'll deal with the thought life and go, I ain't thinking that. I'm not yielding to that. I'm not dwelling on that. You know, then you'll be safe, right? But if you just start dwelling on it, thinking about it, well, nobody knows. Well, the Lord knows. And you're just setting yourself up, right? So Jesus is transitioning the whole world into a new way of living that it's, it's important who you are on the inside. If you'll deal with who you are on the inside, everything is fine on the outside, right? There's no adultery that ever happens by accident, right? You know, people say, oh, I didn't mean to do that. You totally meant to do that, right? It's not an accident. Uh, and so, 
So uh, it's a big deal, right? And they, they didn't really understand this change, right? They didn't understand this transition, uh, but they had to wait until the cross. Uh, and so, and then he talks about uh, in verse uh, 30 or in verse 29 and 30, and if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out, cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not thy whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. <clears throat> So is he talking about lopping off hands and feet and, and things here, plucking out eyeballs? Well, he just got done talking about that these things are going on a, on the inside. Amen. So if you just change, you know, if you pluck out your eye, could you still commit adultery? Yeah. I mean, you still got one eye, right? Could you, can you just think about a woman without actually seeing her? Can, can people think about adultery? Well, sure. Well, how are you going to do that? By plucking out an eye. You're not going to change that by plucking out an eye, right? Uh, he, uh, so he's not trying to, to tell us to go and maim ourselves. He's saying, deal with the problem that's causing you to sin. You know, if you're dwelling on that person, quit dwelling on that person. If you're thinking about that person, quit thinking about that person. Uh, if you're hanging around the person all the time, because, you know, and I've seen it lots of times. I've seen it where, where men will get overly friendly towards someone not their wife, or wives will get overly friendly to somebody not their husband, right? Uh, and they'll joke, well, well they're my they're my. Uh, work husband. You ever heard that phrase? They're my work husband. So they're the one they spend the most time with outside of their marriage, right? And they kind of joke about it. Uh, and then one day they wake up and they're sleeping with them. And, and then how'd they get there? Well, you don't need to be calling them your work husband, right? Uh, there's boundaries and there's things that are just wise, amen? Well, you know, you should be able to put up with it. Well, maybe you could, but uh, are you capable of doing that? You know, uh, uh, I look at people like uh, Billy Graham and I think I mentioned this uh, last week, but he, he, had a, a, uh, he had a lot of good uh, policies that he put in his own place to keep himself safe. That, you know, for example, he would never get on an elevator alone with another woman, uh, with a woman, or not another woman. You know, he's not a woman. He's Billy Graham, right? Uh, but he would never get on a, alone with a woman on the elevator. He'd always make sure he had staff or somebody with him, right, or somebody else with him, uh, because that's safe. Uh, not because he's afraid that he's going to do anything, but... but you know, that, that's what it means by, by plucking out your eye and cutting off your hand. It's, I'm going to keep anything that's going to be a problem away from being a problem. Amen? So that's just wise to do it. Well, you mean he can't handle himself? I'm sure Billy Graham could handle himself very well. And that's how he handled himself very well, is he protected himself by saying, well, I don't have to look at these things. I don't have to do these things. I'm going to cut those things out of my life so that I'm not uh, putting myself up for failure. Amen? And so there's a lot of wisdom that you can learn from, from other people that, uh, from the Word of God that you don't put yourself in a position that's going to cause difficulty in your life. Well, you know, I, you know I, just, I just like looking at all the women all the time, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, I mean, uh, I can't tell you where the line is, but there's, I can guarantee you there's a line, amen? Uh, and so you've got to find that line in your own heart where that is, amen? And, but if you're always trying to find the edge, you're going to fall sometime, right? Well, I can only look, I can look at three women, it's okay, but four is not, you know, three's my limit. You know, I, I don't know if that's a thing, right? You didn't make that up. I just made it up myself right then too, right? Uh, but people will try to, uh, they're always trying to find the edge. Don't find the edge. Live in the middle where it's safe, far away from the edge, amen? Uh, and then you'll be good. Uh, and so, so Jesus is not telling you, cut off your hands, cut off your eyes. He's going to cut those things out of your life that are causing you problems, amen? If you can't be around that person at, at, uh, at work, then just don't be around them. Uh, and, you know, uh, remember uh, Vice President Mike Pence? He got in trouble because he said, I, I'll never, I never go out to dinner with a, a, a female uh, by myself. I always have my wife with me or somebody else with me. I won't go, you know. And, and people, you know, the stupid people say, well, look, he, he's, he's against women. He's not against women. He's against getting shot by his wife for committing adultery. Right? That's what he's against, right? <laughs> and, and, and so... Uh, he, he's not going to uh, do things that looks improper, right? Because somebody just walked by and saw, you know, if they, if they walked by and, and saw me with a, with a woman by myself, they would wonder, what's going on? Why aren't you the pastor? You know, who's that? Because you, know, you all know my wife. Well, why is he with her? Uh, well, you know, maybe there's nothing innocent about there, but how many thoughts have you had about that? Just thinking, just seeing that, right? Uh, and, and, uh, and, you know, things happen. Uh, they're a tr natural, you know, men are attracted to women, women are attracted to men, things happen. And, and so, uh, you know, you've got to protect yourself on those things, keep it safe, amen? If you made a vow, if you made a, a covenant agreement with another, uh, with your spouse, 
then that, that's the most important covenant agreement, uh, second only to the covenant agreement you made with the Lord Jesus, amen? Uh, and so Jesus is saying th- this is a big deal, amen? It's not worth the cost to, to play around with fire, right? And that's, and, and, and that's really what he's saying there in verses 29 and 30, and that's wisdom. Uh, and yet people all the time are saying, well, I, you know, I can handle it. Those are people that are always going to fall, right? You can handle it. What do you mean you can handle it, right? Uh, I can't handle anything. You know, I need the Lord to get up in the morning, amen? Now, I'm not trying to, to, well, I can handle these things. I never brag on myself. Now, I can do anything with the Lord, but I'm never going to, because now if I can do anything with the Lord, he's going to say, don't do that, dummy, right? Don't go, don't go to dinner with that person by yourself. Don't go to their house by yourself, you know? Don't, don't do these things. And, 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 you know, no doubt we've all made mistakes in the past of things that maybe weren't the wisest things to do, uh, but you know, we get to make improvements every day, amen? amen. Uh, and if you listen to the Spirit of God, He'll always show you the, the wisest, safest path in every situation, in every circumstance, amen? Uh, and so, uh, so this whole thing with adultery and divorce, He changes it in the next uh, two verses. We won't get there today. But with adultery here in these verses, He's transitioning to a new way of operating, uh, to what you only can do after the new birth. But when he gets into divorce in, in the next two verses, yeah, he's really not really making any advancement from the Old Testament law. He's really correcting some misunderstandings that they had of the law. And he leaves that for, uh, for Paul to give us some more insight later on. So we don't have time to go into, into that today, uh, but we'll talk about that uh, next week. Um, so that should be real fun, right? Uh, we'll talk about divorce next week. And, and um, is there any divorce going on in the world? Divorce going on in the world, right? I was looking up some statistics about the divorce and even in 2022, about 50% of all marriages will end up in, in divorce. Uh, now, if you're a Christian, it's only about 34%, but that's still a lot, right? 34% of all marriages will end in, in divorce, uh, in, even in the church. Uh, and so, uh, is, is divorce the unpardonable sin? You know, it's not, right? But has the church elevated it to be an unpardonable sin? Uh, they have elevated the unpardonable sin. You would think if the Lord thought it was an unpardonable sin, he would at least uh, uh, raised up a divorce to one of the Ten Commandments. But it's not in the Ten Commandments. It's in the law, but it's not one of the Ten Commandments. So is divorce a problem? It's surely a problem, right? Uh, can we deal with it? Well, we're adults, aren't we? we can, let's see what the Word of God says about it and, and go with, with what the Word says, amen? Because uh, the Word actually has a lot to say about that. Yeah, and uh, But, uh, you know, in the church, small wars are fought related to divorce, amen? And, and I've always thought it's, it's amazing that people will tell you, uh, divorce people that if you're divorced, you can't work in the church. Uh, you can never do anything in the church ever again. No matter what the cause was, no matter what, what the circumstance was, what the situation was, you can never work in the church. But we'll be glad to take your money. And, and I've always thought that was odd that, you know, that the church will be glad to take your money but can't take you. Uh, and so, anyway, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll deal with that next week, and um, we'll see how brave we are, right? So, uh, but, um, uh, oh yeah, and one of the statistics, I may mention this again next week, uh, uh, bartenders have the second highest divorce rate, divorce rate, clergy have the third lowest divorce rate. I thought that was interesting, right? So, um, but still about five, five and a half percent of, of clergy get, get divorced, uh, and so, uh, we will be one of the 95 percentile that don't ever get divorced, right? Uh, and so, and we'll talk about, we're not, we're not going to go, I mean, we spent, I don't know, uh, on a Wednesday night, we spent about six months talking about marriage and divorce, and, and we're not going to spend six months talking, uh, talking about this, because really Jesus isn't dealing with the, the New Testament church here. He's really correcting some misunderstandings of what the, what the Jewish people would do. So we're going to kind of leave it at that. We're not going to go into the whole, uh, all of the New Testament uh, Paul's understanding of that, you know, and if, if you want me to, you know, we can, uh, but we'll have to be here for a lot longer uh, uh, than, than I had planned on, so, but anyway, all is well, amen, we'll pick that up next week, so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word today, so Father, we thank you for your word, and Father, we thank you for your blessings, Father, we thank you that, that we can be strengthened with all might in our inner man, Father, and we are strengthened with all might in our inner man, we'll always do right, we'll always be right, we'll always say right, we'll always talk right, Father, uh, everything we say and do everywhere we go, Father, will be right if we are strengthened with all might in our inner man. So, Father, we, we desire to be that way. We desire for you to live on the inside of us in a strong way. Father, we, we desire to not depend upon ourselves, not depend on our own strength and our own intellect, Father, our own uh, strong wills, but, Father, to depend upon you. 
Uh, you are the only strength that is worthy to be uh, depended upon. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that you do live big on the inside of us. And we give you all praise and honor for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Yes. Amen. You know, the, the Lord is a covenant God. He, he loves covenant. Amen. He loves a covenant agreement between him and mankind. And he loves it when, when uh, his children are in covenant agreements. Because it's not just in the marriage. You know, there's covenant agreements between the pastor and the, the members of a church. There's covenant agreements at work. You know, these things are covenants. Amen. Uh, and uh, in, in this area, in this particular uh, section there, the very next section, he starts talking about um, our words and our oaths and our agreements uh, because he's a big God on covenants. Amen. He likes having covenant agreements. Amen. And so let's get ready to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And, um, well, we can do it. Amen. If he said that uh, we can live this way, we can live this way. Amen. Uh, and uh, the nice thing is if you've only dealt with these things in your thought life, you can change them and nobody ever has to know. Just do in the Lord right now. He already knows it, right? So uh, it's a whole lot easier to deal with it when it's just on the inside than if it gets out and everybody sees it. Amen. When it's on 5 o'clock news, it's hard to, to, uh, to unscramble that egg, right? So come ahead, Mr. Jared. Uh, and, um, uh, but we can do it, right? Uh, I believe we can. And, and, um, so let's go with what the Word says and, and all will be well. Amen. Uh, and so uh, the Lord, uh, in going through some of these things, you know, the, there's, uh, and, you know, I've read these things many times, but the Lord's really given us good insight uh, in some of these areas that have uh, been helpful to me, right? Hopefully it'll be helpful to you. If it's not helpful to you, it doesn't matter because it's been helpful to me. So um, we'll pick these up here in the next little bit. So don't forget we have healing school today at 3 o'clock. And, um, um, and we, of course, we have prayer already for the, for the month. So, um, but we're about done with October, right? Uh, and so um, we'll be blessed. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, Lord. And uh, we'll see you. Well, we'll see you at 3 o'clock. Be here, right?